Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast about all things magic and mythology and pop culture. What's happening, girl? It's morning again. <laughs> Why do we keep doing this to ourselves? I don't know, but I've I am wondering. Mm-hmm. My cup is full of coffee. Yes, right. My Danny DeVito mug, oh. and I'm wondering if there's a point where there's too much because too much I'm starting to shake. <laughs> there is. There is a point, and I cross that line daily. And I think it just depends mm-hmm. on what coffee is in the machine. Yeah, this coffee isn't fucking around. Yeah. Right, so we got this at a local coffee shop, and it it was put in whiskey barrels or something. It low-key tastes like like whiskey, yeah. and so it kind of freaks me out, and yeah. it makes me a little queasy. <laughs> I know, I know, but the caffeine content- It's delicious. It is stupendous. But, but yeah, we're Caffeine both, content, super we're both like, <laughs> like <laughs> maybe yeah. I should have ate a croissant or something. A cracker? <laughs> a bowl of cereal? It's like 10 a.m. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. My (sighs) peepers aren't even open yet. I know. I'm not even here. (laughs) On that note, I do want to just say, obviously, last week's episode was incredibly sad. We are still very sad, but we wanted to thank everyone. Mm -hmm. The amount of listeners that reached out to us and just talked to us and were just so kind and sweet and some really awesome gestures. And I I just, it was like having a big warm hug from the mm-hmm. uncle bob's family and yeah. we really appreciate it yeah and thank you so much we wouldn't know what to do without you so yeah. we appreciate you and thank you we do also on the thanking note sarah baby witch oh nice thank you to welcome. our new patron welcome sarah Woohoo! awesome so obviously you know <laughs> a lot has been going on yeah and i've been thinking back to like simpler times okay like as one does <laughs> right right oh, and when things were easy when, th- <laughs> when we were young <laughs> oh no um and so i was thinking about when me and jake first got together <laughs> and we yeah. used to just smoke a ton of weed yeah. together right I, no one's yeah. probably shocked at that <laughs> Sorry if that offends you. That's what it was. And we decided, and we met when, what, I was like 20. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. so kind of, that's still young. That's young. Looking back. Right, right. Yeah, I have a bone yeah. to pick with you. you have, I know, I'm sure you do, because I remember you were bringing Jake into the house. I'm like, you know, first of all, I'm Mama Bear. You are. Right? And I'm like very protective. So I'm like, yeah. I don't know this dude from Hill Beans. <laughs> like, who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did we tell the story about how you thought one of his bongs was a uh, saxophone? Uh, no, that's how naive I am. Yeah. So just put yourself in Laura's position there. Um, so one day we just decided to make a fort yeah. in, in my bedroom. We like put chairs up and we yeah. draped blankets over yeah. and then we put my mattress in the middle of the fort <laughs> and we would go in there and smoke weed and watch movies together. And it was fucking awesome. That's probably, my mind is taking me there because it's like, Lee, build a fort. <laughs> Just go and hide in the fort. Everything's going to be okay. But you, I forget what was going on. I was probably a hot mess. I was probably like working one of my 20 jobs. Probably, and I was just a hot mess as per usual. And we got into an argument, which is rare. Very rare. Very rare. Very rare. Yeah. But our arguments always turn funny. Yeah. Because you were just like, I can't take you seriously. And so she was like, you know, the fort was still up. The weed fort. And she goes, you know, Leanne, you can't live your life in a fort. (laughs) And I say that. Words to live by. I say that like once a week. When stuff gets too tough, I'm like, you can't live your life in a fort. But (laughs) I go to tell you, I think I'm going to build one. You're like, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to give it another go. I'm going to give it the old college go. It sounds really nice. You're going to come home one day and the whole living room is just going to be a giant fucking fort. fort. I've thought about getting that tattooed on me. Can't live your life in a fort because it's just classic lore. Absolutely beautiful. So I just thought I would share that. (laughs) 
gosh. That is pretty funny. It is. It's pretty good. And then the one time we were fighting and you threw a can of corn at my oh feet. Oh my gosh. You always say that. That's so bad. We were arguing and she was putting away groceries and she got so upset that she took a can of corn and went like, Ugh, and threw it at my feet. And I was like, what the hell was that supposed to do? You were, it wasn't even the same direction as you. I just like threw it on the floor like, I am so exasperated Liar. right now. Liar. You were going and you're from- like, she's pummeling me with cans of corn. You corned me. Is that a thing? Uh, That's probably like one of like, I think I could probably count on my one hand. Those are like the two fights we've had, the corn and the fort. New band name, TM. Oh my God. The corn fort. The the Um, fort made of corn. Wow, I like that. Right? That sounds. my new ditty. Sounds beautiful right now. Oh my gosh. All right. So every week we've decided to donate to an organization that needs a little love or a shout out. So Jake, what do we have this week? This week is the Trevor Project. And the Trevor Project is the leading national organization providing crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to LGBTQ plus young people under 25. All right. Yes. Um, So that will be linked in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So check that out if you want to learn more or donate yourself. And with that, you want to jump into it? Let's do it, girl. All right. So... Again, obviously, (laughs) I'm a hot mess, to be honest. Um, So I was just thinking about, like, when you're so sad, Mm -hmm. right? Like, what is the one movie Mm -hmm. that will make you smile? Yeah. Like, just you can smile through it with this movie or TV show. And so I put the question up on our Instagram Mm -hmm. because I just wanted to hear what people said. And there were a ton of good answers. But someone said Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? We haven't done this yet. I also love that movie. Mm-hmm. It gives me a little smile. So let's, joy. let's. It also brings me joy. And I'm sure you're going to talk about it. Yeah. What? Talk about what? Why it brings me joy. Oh, yes. We all know <laughs> Vincent Price is in this movie, Laura. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to need you to say it right now. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about Edward Scissorhands. Okay. All right. 1990 fantasy romance film. Nice. 1990. Wow. Uh, I know. Again, going back. <laughs> going way back. Oh, I miss the 90s. Uh, directed by Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Story by Tim Burton and Caroline Thompson. Nice. Music by Danny fucking Elfman. Danny fucking Elfman. And here is your, you know, we say it like once every few episodes. Oh, Danny Elfman <sighs> is the fucking man. All right, so the cast. Johnny Depp as Edward Scissorhands. Winona Ryder as Kim. Diane Weist. Weist. I, yeah. I always want to say West. We talk about her a lot on or is here, it too. Weist? Is it what? <laughs> it's Weist. Okay, Diane I Weist. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know her personally? I'll give her a ring later. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> ask her for me. All right, she's Peg. Uh-huh. Anthony Michael Hall as Jim, and your lovely Vincent Price as the yes. inventor. So, killer cast. Mm-hmm. All right, here's the rundown. Give it you to ready? me. I am. Opening sequence? A plus, 10 out of 10. You know, we've been talking about that lately, how, like, movies don't have long opening sequences anymore. I am a fan of a long opening Mm -hmm. sequence. I think it sets the tone. I think you are correct. Thank you. Um, So, obviously, opens with Danny Elfman's awesome music, and uh, you see, like, a bunch of images, like, machines and stuff. Yeah. We'll get to that. All right. So, the story begins with an older woman tucking her granddaughter into bed. The granddaughter asks where the snow is coming from because outside you can see that snow is falling. Mm -hmm. And so the woman begins to tell her a story that starts with scissors. And she says, once there was even a man who had scissors for hands. Mm -hmm. It's like like coming in hot. I know. Okay. You're like, (laughs) all right, I've already got the title in. Oh, I love that moment. Okay, she tells her of the mansion that sits on top of a hill overlooking their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And again, you can like see it out mm-hmm. the window. An inventor lived there and he invented a man, but he died before he could finish his hands. Yes. And you see that throughout the movie in right. flashbacks. That's where Vincent Price comes in. Oh my God, he's so cute. He is so cute. So the unfinished man was left there all alone. I have to interject one oh second. Oh, God, what? Today is Vincent Price's birthday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it is. Was he a Gemini? Yeah. We love Geminis. We do. We, we really do. do. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday, Vincent Price. Happy birthday. When we're recording this. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so don't come at us. Yeah, when on you're- Friday. You're <laughs> okay. like, you're late. No. I know, exactly. 
Okay, so you breezed past that the unfinished man was left there all alone. I know, I wasn't. No, I, li- no, I was there. It's devastating. I'm there with you. you? Okay. Yeah. He's incomplete. I know. And his name was Edward. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> what? I am I mean, also <laughs> incomplete. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I, too, am incomplete. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, perfect pick for this week. All right, so now we're flashing back. Mm -hmm. All right, Peg is going around her cookie-cutter pastel neighborhood Mm. selling Avon products. Avon calling. Um, She's great in everything. She is. Obviously, we love her here. But her in this movie, she's so fucking funny. She is. Like, I love it so much. And I do have to interject. I think about you every time I see her character in this movie. Because when I was little, you, like, sold, like, Mm. beauty products like that. Yeah. Which is. That's how I started out. The most unlore-like thing I've ever heard. It's so, yeah. So I just picture you, like, going around. Avon calling. Avon calling. It wasn't Avon though. No. Okay. (laughs) You're like not sponsored. (laughs) Not Avon. By Avon. Not Mary Kay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So every house looks the same in this neighborhood. Now Mm -hmm. they're all colored like goofy colors. Right. Which I think is supposed to like show that they think that they're. Yeah. You know, a little spunky, but they're not. It's cookie. If you look closely, the grass is perfectly manicured. Everything is pretty much the same. Yes. All right. Um, she's striking out. No one wants her fucking Avon. Okay. <laughs> Peg, you know I'm not going to buy anything from you. Okay, yeah, see you later. I know. Poor girl. <laughs> so she heads up to the mansion on top of the hill that everyone ignores because it's spooky and dark. And yeah. it is like the only thing dark in this mm-hmm. colorful neighborhood. Mm-hmm. When she enters the gate, there are all kinds of topiaries. Is mm-hmm. that what you said they were called? Topiaries. What? I was going to say just say bush. <laughs> I didn't know it was dirty. I didn't know it was called a topiary. I don't think. I don't fucking know. Yeah, when they're in fancy designs. Oh, that's a topiary. topiary. It is a bush if it weren't in a fancy. Okay, so fancy bush. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Equals topiary. The more you know. So there are all kinds of fancy bushes cut into cool shapes and animals, and in the center is a giant hand. I know. <laughs> Ouch. All right, no one is answering the door, so Peg just fucking walks on in there. I said I admire the balls because she's just like, I'm just going in. Hello. Hello, I'm coming in. She's like, sorry to barge in here as she's like, you know, going through the whole damn house. Um, it's a huge house, yeah. but it's relatively empty. Besides, there's like a science lab mm-hmm. looking thing, like mm-hmm. I said from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I said in inventor things because yeah. i don't fucking know inventor type things yes. science 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 right. things all right upstairs she finds a little bed and realizes that someone is living there hmm. we finally see edward who is hiding in the corner mm-hmm. she goes to run away because we realize that he has scissors for hands yes uh, but he says don't go oh, crushing johnny depp in this movie mm-hmm. it's like one of my favorite yeah. performances ever, seriously. Yeah. Uh, Peg helps Edward with the cuts on his face because obviously he has scissors for hands, so he's gonna get a little nick. She's like, If I could just recommend a little astringent, <laughs> no, <laughs> it will stop infection. I, I will sell a product today. I know all oh, that poor woman, I feel bad. <laughs> Right, and Peg immediately decides that Edward is coming home with her after realizing that he has been left up there all alone for quite some time. She's like, I think you should just come home with me. She's so sweet. We're two seconds in. Come on. Come on in. Uh, Edward is excited and amazed at the life down in the neighborhood, all of the colors Mm -hmm. and people playing and there's Mm -hmm. dogs and he's just like, you know, he's totally innocent and this is the first time he's seen anything like this. So she shows him around the house and gives him new clothes uh, because I guess I should say, if you haven't seen the movie, where, yeah. where have you been? Right. But he's dressed in like, yeah. I think it's supposed to look like he was pieced together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so she gives him like overalls and a white right. shirt. His, you know, if you Google pictures, you'll see it. It's so cute. I love his little overalls. I know. Right. He, she introduces him to her family. So she has a husband, a son and a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the scenes when he's first getting acclimated. To yeah. like the real world. Yeah. Like when he tries to sit on the waterbed and pokes the hole pokes in it. it. And then when he's trying to eat the pea and he has scissors for hands, so he can't use a fork. Oh my gosh. It's hilarious. So cute. So immediately, word starts spreading around the neighborhood that a man with scissors for hands is living with Peg. Yeah. Everyone pressures Peg into throwing a little barbecue party to introduce everyone to Edward. Right. And everything seems copacetic. 
this is one of those towns like we grew up in mm-hmm. where everyone's in your fucking business. Everybody knows everything. Everybody knows everything. So yeah. they're having this little barbecue and they all like Edward at first. Mm-hmm. They're like enamored. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. He even begins doing some topiaries and haircuts for people around town. Mm-hmm. They put Edward on TV. Everyone loves him. They call him special. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and he's going to get set up with his own salon business. Great. Great. Okay. I think not. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Edward mm-hmm. begins to fall in love with Kim. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who is Peg's daughter. Mm-hmm. But she has a dickbag boyfriend named Jim. And Tim Burton. Kim and Jim. <laughs> why did you do that to me? I was writing my notes and I was like, Kim, Jim, why would you do that? Oh, no. <laughs> so Kim and Jim are a couple. Yeah. Edward is liking Kim. We mm-hmm. start to get the feeling that Kim is also having some feelings yeah. back for Edward. Yeah. All right. So dickbag boyfriend Jim. And I hate to see Anthony Michael Hall play a dickbag. I, I hate it. I know. Uh, Jim comes up with a plan to steal some shit from his own house. Yeah, I, I know. I don't yeah, know. Who I, came up with that plan? I don't know. I guess his dad is rich. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, and so they drag Edward along to use his scissor hands to break into a oh. locked safe. But when the alarm goes off, Jim locks Edward in the room. Mm. And he gets busted by the cops as if it was his plan Set and idea. Up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Edward does not rat on Kim and Jim. Mm-hmm. And when Kim asks why he went along with it in the first place, he says, because you asked me to. Oh, sweet. But now tensions are starting to build. Okay. Mm. One night, Edward is cutting an ice sculpture of an angel, and the ice is coming down like snow. Mm-hmm. And Kim is dancing in it. I love that scene. It's yeah. so beautiful. Uh, but as Edward is getting down from the ladder, he accidentally scratches Kim because mm-hmm. he didn't know she was there. Mm-hmm. Dickbag Jim sees this and spreads the narrative that Edward intentionally hurt uh, Kim. Yeah. And everyone believes it because mm-hmm. he's different. Right. Okay. Edward runs away, cutting all of his normal people clothes off, and he starts slashing his topiaries because he is like, like fucking you, had enough. You will not have He's this like, topiary. I was up there all alone, and you fucking dragged my ass down here, and now you're going to try to start shit with me. <laughs> Let me slash your fucking tires. Absolutely not. Relatable. <laughs> Um, but he sees Kevin, who is Peg's son, mm-hmm. in trouble, and he goes to save him. Yeah. And as he's trying to see if Kevin is okay, he ends up cutting his face because he's, like, trying to yeah. help him, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he cuts his face yeah. up. The whole neighborhood, of course, because they're fucking nosy, mm-hmm. uh, sees this, and they all start turning on Edward. Yeah. Edward and Kim rush back up to the mansion, and Jim follows, eventually attempting to shoot Edward. A scuffle ensues, and Dickbag Jim ends up being pushed out of a window. R.I.P. You piece of shit. <laughs> R.I.P. Anthony yep. Michael. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, with the angry mob coming to get him, Edward says goodbye to Kim, realizing oh. that he can't go back with her. Who whispers back, "I love you." Oh no, I'm crushed. Heart I'm crushed. Uh, Kim tells the mob that Edward is dead, and they all leave. They're like, "All right, okay, bye, all right, bye." <laughs> <laughs> I'll believe that. Exactly. So we flash back forward to the old woman from the beginning, who we realize is Kim, Mm -hmm. now older. Mm -hmm. She believes Edward is still up on the hill, and when the granddaughter asks why, she says, before he came down here, it never snowed, and afterwards, it did. And so then you see see Edward cutting his ice sculptures all alone up on the hill. That's so sad. And that is the end of Edward Scissorhands. Why didn't Kim just go and live up on the mountain with him? That is a question I think we all ask ourselves. Damn, she Kim. said, now I'm old and I want him to remember me how I was. I was like, bitch, you weren't old for the last 50 years. You could- <laughs> At any point in time, you could have gone up there. <laughs> I know. What the right? hell? What? Yeah. Oh, all right. So the lesson here is a little different. Right. Because to be honest, there's there this is a magical movie. It is. Yeah. However, there's not really any magic per se Mm -hmm. in it like Mm -hmm. there's not a a, a definitive lesson I could give you here Mm -hmm. um, because I guess Edward is just like I guess he would be like a robot. Right. I don't, I'm not sure though. Yeah. They never specify. They never specify. They just call and him a creation. Right. And until you said that the other day, I was like, what do you mean? He's a boy. That's what I mean. <laughs> it like never dawned on me. I'm like, he's a fucking robot. Cause they show Vincent Price like yeah. holding up the heart cookie to yeah. one of his robots. And yeah. so I guess he'd be a robot and we're not going to talk about right, robots. Right. No, 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 no. 
Uh, it's just not yeah, for me. Yeah. Okay, so Tim Burton has stated that this is a film about self-discovery and isolation. Mm. And it's kind of looked at as like him telling his own story or how he felt mm-hmm. as a kid because he grew up in a neighborhood like this and this okay. was kind of him like, you know, right. figuring that out. Obviously, it's a film exploring how it feels to be an outsider or to mm-hmm. be labeled an outsider. Mm-hmm. Edward goes from being feared to loved and used for their entertainment. Right. Okay. To hated and villainized all based on his appearance. Right. So I, you know, there's a whole thing about that that you can dive into. But I thought it would be a good time to introduce archetypes. Mm, I love that. Because we haven't done that yet. Mm -hmm. So an archetype is defined as a typical example of a person or thing and a recurrent symbol in literature, art, and or mythology. Okay. All right. Yeah. Archetypes are very important and usually very obvious in mythology. And what started me wanting to talk about this is we actually got a poster from, if you are ever in Seattle, the Museum of Pop Culture. We've talked about right. it many times. It's fucking killer. Yeah. Um, and they have a whole exhibit about fantasy and right. they have the archetypes of fantasy. And nice. so we have a poster that lays List, them yeah. all out. And so I thought now would be a good time to maybe to dive open into that, that door. a little bit. Yes. And then that will open the door for many more. Exactly. I love it. I love your thinking. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So the characters of each archetype have to happen enough to be considered common or relatable. Okay. All right, because that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. Um, They were popularized by Carl Jung, Swiss psychologist and psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And basically he broke the collective human consciousness into 12 archetypes with the idea that every person will have a dominant archetype that rolls their personality. So you can relate to at least one of these. Gotcha. They are the sage... The rebel, the ruler, the wizard, the creator, the innocent, the hero, the explorer, the everyman, the caregiver, the lover, and the jester. And you'll see them switch, like the phrases switch a little bit, Mm -hmm. but that's the 12. Mm. Obviously, they are used all throughout film as a way to have the audience connect to characters. Nice. Which one are you? Oh, God. I don't know. Right now? <laughs> the girl that wants to live in a fort. No. <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably the rebel, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Is that what you were thinking? A little bit. Oh, no. You're looking at me like, mm-hmm. And the creator. I think you're the sage. Am I? Yeah. Ooh. You're so wise. Am I? You are. I think you are. I don't feel very wise lately. <laughs> oh, drink drink more of that fucking gasoline Coffee. you got in your cup. Right. Coffee. Okay, so yeah, they're used as a way so that you can see a character and you can connect mm-hmm. to them. There are more archetypes, like on our poster. I think there's like 20 of them, so mm-hmm. I encourage you to go and dive in. It's very yeah. fun. A lot of people don't like them because, I mean, they're generalized. Right, right, right. I think if you just look at it, yeah. it's kind of fun. Yeah. Okay? Uh, but I believe that Edward is a great example of both the unlikely hero Aww. and the innocent archetypes. Mm. So first, let's look at the hero. Okay. Also sometimes called the warrior. Nice. Okay. Nice. Heroes appear in stories as the savior. They are fighting for something. Mm-hmm. And this can be personal. Right. It can be something big like I don't, Frodo getting the yeah. ring to the, you know what I right. mean? Or it can just be like self-discovery. Right. Uh, the goal is to improve the world or situation in some way. And they always overcome some sort of obstacle along the path. Along their travels. Mm-hmm. Strong ability to always stay true to themselves. Nice. They are normally born under weird or unusual circumstances or have suffered some sort of traumatic event which forces them on this journey. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now let's look at the unlikely hero. Okay. An unlikely hero doesn't seem to fit the hero archetype right off the bat. So okay. like if you were to line yeah. all the characters up, you would not peg this person as the the hero and uh-huh. obviously in Edward Scissorhands he's exactly. he's labeled the weird one so you wouldn't necessarily assume that right. he would be the hero. Right. So the unlikely hero doesn't choose to go on this journey. They are usually forced into it by circumstance. Okay. So peg yeah taking Edward taking out, out of, of the environment, yeah. Is it a castle? <laughs> Why do it I kind of looks like a castle? It does yeah. look like a castle. Yeah. He deserves a castle. A gothic style. Yes. 
Um, so it is just inev- inevitable mm-hmm. that this unlikely hero is going on this journey. Mm-hmm. So Edward is literally the opposite of traditional, yeah. right? He has scissors for hands, his odd appearance. I think that it's I think it's I think cool it's cool as, as hell. I don't think yeah, right? it's odd. Uh, no social skills because he's been locked away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he ends up changing the town's he shakes things up mm-hmm. in this town, yeah. right? And arguably saves Kim because I don't think she felt real love before. Right. She's with Dickbag Jim over there. Dickbag Jim. And obviously he was the hero of his own story because yes. he stood true to himself. I know. I love it so much. <laughs> I love that scene where he's running and ripping off the normal clothes. Yeah, yeah. Because he's just like, no. I don't belong. I don't belong here. <laughs> Damn it. Take your fucking suspenders. <laughs> okay, so then let's look at the innocent. This mm-hmm. one's pretty obvious to me. Edward is obviously very childlike. Um, he hasn't had a lot of human experiences. He hasn't been jaded yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um he I'm not bitter. Yeah, he has no hidden agenda. Right. All right. He mm-hmm. sees the good in, in people and he's compassionate, which yeah. is something that town is severely lacking. Right. Um, even though he is viewed as the monster, he actually has more heart than all of the people in that neighborhood. Yes. So it's one of those who's actually the monster here. Right, 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 right. And basically, you know, stop judging a fucking book by its cover. Right. I mean, tale as old as time. Yeah. A lot of people, I just want to note, mm-hmm. hate this ending. In my research, I've found that they hate this ending. However, I feel that it's kind of realistic. It's re- yeah. It's kind of realistic. Yeah, you want the fairy tale ending. You do. But that's not reality. That's not reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, maybe, I think yeah. that he was better off up there by himself. Yeah. Because those people were shit. You yeah. didn't deserve him. No. <laughs> Kim should have just went up there. That's I know. what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, Kim, you're also kind yeah, of in the doghouse, Kim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Old as dirt. You could have been living up there with him. All right. <laughs> Here are some fun facts. So that's oh. my lesson on archetypes. I hope you enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Change, changes things up, and mm-hmm. I think that we can explore that more. It's a good way. Like, we couldn't not talk about Edward Scissorhands. Oh, of course. All right. So here's some fun facts. Oh, I love it. This is the first film that Johnny Depp and Tim Burton worked on together, and we all know that then they went on to create arguably too many. Yes. Too many together. (laughs) Too many. (laughs) But this was the first. Um, Edward was inspired by a drawing Tim Burton created when he was younger of a boy with little blades for fingers. And I do have to say that I I have always loved using hands Mm -hmm. as the way to make him different because I feel like a lot of people view like – if you want to feel connected yeah. to someone, touch is involved. Yeah, And so I just like that they yeah. automatically, like, he couldn't relate to people because he couldn't, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I just like I that. I like that. I like that. Um, the Inventor was written specifically with Vincent Price in mind and was his last film. I know. I know. Uh, Johnny and Winona Forever. <laughs> They dated. <laughs> they did. I remember the young folks here go yeah. and Google some pictures of those two. They were the hot couple. I'm acting like I was alive in 1990. I wasn't. <laughs> like they were the hottest fucking thing. Uh, the color palette of the neighborhood I read was inspired by Necco wafers. Oh my gosh! Isn't I can that, completely see that. Even if that is not, I I confirmed it a bunch of sources, yeah. but like I love that. That is so cool. Every time I see a Necco wafer, I'm going to be like, ah. Oh, yeah. I saw in my research that it is referred to as a love letter to the outsider. Ah, I like that. Beautiful. Another fun fact, Robert Smith of The Cure, A, inspired Edward Scissorhands' hairdo. I can completely see that. Nailed it. And was asked to do the soundtrack, but couldn't. So Danny Danny fucking Elfman got the hookup. Danny got the hookup. And it Danny Elfman's music was perfect. Ugh, so sorry, Robert Smith. We love you, but Danny mm-hmm. Elfman killed it. It was originally supposed to be a musical. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And remember that one time <laughs> I knew you were going to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, I remember. This one time I was gifted tickets to an Edward Scissorhands what we thought was a play yeah. or a musical and me and Laura show up there and we're like, hell yeah, we're ready for this. Exciting. It was a fucking silent ballet. 
Yeah. I'm which, like, where's the talking? <laughs> which where's is, talking? it was beautiful. It was beautiful. But when you don't know you're walking into a silent ballet, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? What's happening? <laughs> I was like, mom, why aren't they talking? <laughs> it was beautiful, but yeah, not what was, I did not, not what, expect that. This is not what we expected. This is not what I signed up for. This is not what I requested. I know. Uh, all right, so that's Edward Scissorhands. I hope that everyone enjoyed it. I always get a little nervous tackling movies that are so iconic, iconic and yeah. loved because mm-hmm. like everyone feels differently about yeah. this movie. Everyone has their own special relationship to movies like yes. this. And so this was just, you know, this was yeah. my take. And so go I watch love it. it. It's I beautiful. love Edward Scissorhands. Such a good movie. Me too. Oh, and I, I do have on my fun facts. Vincent Price is seriously the cutest man in the world in this film. Are you he kidding is me? Adorable. I have that one T-shirt with him from this movie. Adorable, holding the heart. Oh, okay, cute. Yeah. All right. That's Happy all I B got. Day. Happy P Day, Vincent Price. Yay. Yeah. I think they said he'd be like 110 today or something. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, pl- I don't. I don't want to be 110. No. Can I just say that? <laughs> no. No. Okay. No. No. <laughs> all right. So I too changed it up a little bit and uh, was going for the nostalgia. Were you? I was. Yes. I like you. It. it you know, it's been a rough week, so you kind of always go back to when things were a little bit more innocent and a little easier. Simple, yeah. A little simpler. So I chose um, the movie Holes. I loved this movie. Well, and I specifically had you in mind. Oh, because, really? Yeah. Uh, this movie always reminds me of you because you used to watch this all the time time yeah and I remember you coming home from the library mm-hmm. with a book called Holes by yeah. Louis Satcher yeah. um, and you loved it and loved this was it. before the movie came out yep yeah so the movie came out in 2003 mm-hmm. um, based on the book by the same name by Louis Satcher mm-hmm. um, it's considered an adventure comedy adventure comedy 20 million dollar budget but only did 71 million Oh uh, so, well, this is considered not a hit. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm shocked. Um, and basically, it has grown. It's continued to grow yeah. and reach a whole new audience. Mm-hmm. But when it first came out, not really, not, oh, not, not a, really a hit. Yeah. Oh. And um, so here's the cast. Okay. Shia LaBeouf. As Stanley, did I say it wrong? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Back to simpler times when Shia LaBeouf wasn't a fucking asshole. Oh, <laughs> okay. no. um, Stanley Yelnats the fourth, and this was his first movie role. Oh shit! I didn't. I don't yeah, think I realized he was that. doing the Even Stevens, and then this yes. was his first movie role. Okay, Kelia Thomas as Zero. Now I have to say, you're going to say, I, it, I have you? to tell. You had such a crush on this young man. I did. I remember you had a clipping out of a the newspaper. newspaper clipping. So it's so funny. Leanne used to have this huge uh, cork board in her room, mm-hmm. and it was filled with all of her favorite things. And ninety nine percent of what was on there were pictures of the Temptations. Because oh my god! Yeah, your favorite band and of all Denzel. time, <laughs> and Del and Denzel Washington. And then up in the corner was this newspaper clipping of Kelio Thomas from Holes. Loved him and. It was up there for so long, it was starting to yellow. It, I know, like, it turned yellow. It turned- oh, yeah. <laughs> I had such a crush on him. I'm learning that little Lee had a lot of crushes. You, yeah, but, you know, right? whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I was in love with that man. You just love this movie. You watch this movie so much. Yeah. Um, Zigorny Weaver plays the warden. Zigorny. It's. What is it? Oh my gosh. I'm just going to quit talking. I thought it was Zigorny Weaver. I thought it was Sigorny. Sig? Sigorny? Zigorny? The way you said that? I actually hope that's how you say it. You say Miss pretty- Weaver. <laughs> oh, shit. Is the warden? Yes. John Voigt is Mr. Sir, and I have to say... Oh, John Voight, I'm so sorry. The man has a resume a mile long. Yeah. He's, for heaven's sakes, he's Angelina Jolie's dad. And I cannot think of him in any other role but this. You will always be Mr. Sir. You will sorry. always be Mr. Sir. Mm-hmm. Tim Blake Nelson plays Dr. Pendansky. Mm-hmm. Henry Winkler is Stanley's father. Oh, my God. The wonderful Eartha Kitt. It's Madame Zeroni. Mm-hmm. Patricia Arquette is kissing Kate Barlow. And Dulé Hill as Sam. And that's not Goulet. 
<laughs> Robert <laughs> Goulet. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, and Scott Plank as Trout Walker. Okay, what Remember him? Yeah. I do. That is a stellar cast, but I have to say that he actually, um, Scott Plank, who plays Trout Walker, actually died in an automobile accident six months before the movie was even released. Oh. So the entire movie is dedicated to him. Oh, I did not know that. I know, right? Um, so this movie is kind of all over the place. Okay. Uh, it's got several plot lines happening, and you're just going to have to be a little patient with me here. Be patient, damn it. All right, so let's start from the beginning. Let's do it. And it begins with a curse. Mm. A family curse. Bummer. With the great-great-grandfather who stole the pig, right? Okay. Okay. So, Ilya wants to marry the most beautiful gal in the village, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know how that's going to happen. And so he goes to Madame Zeroni, okay. who is a fortune teller, and he asks her to grant him this wish. Okay. So she says, I'm going to give you this piglet. You've got to carry it up the hill every day. And sing a song and take it to the stream and let it drink until it gets big enough to grant you this wish. Okay. But then you must come back and you must take Madame Zeroni up the hill because she wants to also drink from the stream. She's thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the plot goes awry. Okay. It doesn't happen. He does not carry Madame Zeroni up the hill. He does not carry Madame Zeroni up the hill. And he hightails it to America and leaves Madame Zeroni there. And so she puts a curse on all of the males in the family. Wow. Way to fuck up. (laughs) Way to fuck the rest of your family. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. So now let's flash forward. Okay. Okay. To present day. Present day. Okay. And we see young Stanley Yelnats the fourth. Okay. All of the men are named Stanley because uh, Stanley is Yelnats spelled backwards. Wow. Nice. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just walking along minding his own biz when he's hit by a pair of shoes that have fallen out of the sky. Mm. Right? And he thinks, hey. (laughs) You know, he's like, hey, cool. New pair of uh, shoes. Foot fashion, here I go. Right. Uh, but the, the shoes were actually a famous pair of shoes, mm. and they were up for a charity auction. And so he gets nabbed. Okay. He's in trouble, mm. right? Yeah. And so he's basically told that he can either go to jail mm. or he can go to Camp Green Lake. What's that? Exactly. <laughs> he's like, well, I've never been to camp before. <laughs> But it's actually like a juvenile detention, you know. It's run by the warden and Mr. Sir and Dr. Pendansky. When he gets there, it's not green and there's no lake. Why the hell is it named Green Lake? Right, exactly. It's like the middle of the desert. And each day they have to go out and they have to dig a hole. Five foot wide by five foot deep Mm. every single day because that's going to build character. Reform them. Right, right. right? Okay. <laughs> Winky wink. Sure. Right? But Stanley's in good company with all the other kids, uh, and they all have cute nicknames. Zigzag, Armpit, Squid, X-Ray, and of course, Zero. I love Zero. And um, then they give him the nickname of Caveman. Okay. Stanley gets his own nickname. Nice. He's, he's, he's in, in. He's in the cool club now. Right. So one of these tedious days, they actually find a gold tube. Okay. And it's got the initials KB. Okay. Okay. Which stand for Kate Barlow. All right. Mm. And then the camp's history becomes revealed through a series of flashbacks. Love it. Okay. So we're going to find out why it is Camp Green Lake and why it's all dried up. I'm so excited. (laughs) So Trout Walker, Mm -hmm. his daddy owns the town and he had the hots for the school teacher named Kate. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, she thought he was an asshole. Yeah. And basically, he was denied. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that is no. That's a no. <laughs> that is a no. So, she ends up falling in love with Sam. Mm-hmm. But Kate is white and Sam is black. Okay. And this is just not going to fly in the 1800s, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Sam ends up getting killed. It's devastating. It is very yeah. devastating. It's very sad. Um, and Kate, in turn, goes to a, a badass bitch. Goes to a life of crime, and yeah. she becomes this outlaw. She ends up stealing and robbing, and leaving a kiss on the cheek of those that she kills. Mm-hmm. In the process, she ends up robbing Stanley Yelnats's ancestor, okay, and stealing a big bag okay. that he had, and she puts all of her treasure in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the lake has dried up. 
Trout Walker is bankrupt, and on her deathbed, Kate reveals that she has buried all of the treasure in the desert, nice. right? And she said, you will spend years digging, and you will never find it. And he dies never finding it. Yeah. But his granddaughter, the warden. Ooh, a twist. Do we see a twist? We see why all these holes are getting dug? Yeah. Not for building character. No. <laughs> Trying to find the treasure. So Zero, real name, Hector Zeroni, runs away, and Stanley goes off to find him mm-hmm. in the desert. It's hot. There's no water. Yeah. They're, you know. Thirsty. Not going to make it. Not going to make it. And off in the distance, they see this mountain that looks like God's thumbnail. And they're like, oh, I bet there's water up there. So let's climb the mountain. Why not? Sounds good. (laughs) We're exhausted. Let's climb this mountain. So Hector, he can't make it. Yeah. He's dehydrated. (laughs) Obviously, you're in the fucking (laughs) desert. Yeah. (laughs) So Stanley ends up having to carry him up the mountain. Mm -hmm. And they find water. (gasps) Yay. And he ends up singing this tune. That was taught to him by his grandfather. And without even knowing it, he breaks the curse. Because he carried Hector Zeroni up the hill and let him drink from the stream while singing the song. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and so they decide that they're going to dig one more hole. Yeah. Right? And they go, because when he finds that gold tube, he thinks, I think I know that there's something down there. They go, they find the satchel that says Stanley Yelnats on it. So it belongs to him, even though the warden is like, yay, I finally found it. Not yours, bitch. Not yours, bitch. It says Stanley Yelnats (laughs) on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So to make a long story short, they're rescued. The camp is closed down. Everybody's punished. And they become millionaires. Hell yeah. And they all live happily ever after. We love a happy ending. Don't you? So it got me to thinking, what is my lesson today? I don't know. You know, again with you, I'm like, well... You know, I'm trying to go light. Right. Light to light. But, and I will say that this has a killer soundtrack. It, oh my God. Thank it? you for bringing that up because the, the song that used to play on the Disney oh my channel, gosh. the dig, is it called Dig It? Yeah. Oh my God. It's ingrained dig in it. my memory. It has the tune by Keb Mo, which was a, a hit. Yeah. Eagle Eye Cherries on there. Shaggy. Moby. I know. Yeah. It's so. It's a good soundtrack. It is a good soundtrack. But the real killer. star. Is Dig It by the cast. So take that, Moby. Detent or something. (laughs) I don't even know. So let's talk about curses because as you brought to my attention, we have not discussed it yet. We haven't. And I don't know how that's possible. Right. So a curse is defined as any expressed wish that some form of adversity or misfortune will befall or attach to a person, place, or thing. Okay. Made effective by supernatural or spiritual forces Mm. like magic, witchcraft, spells, or gods and goddesses. I'm there. Okay. Yes. Almost every culture has this belief. Yeah. Uh, There was way too many, but here's just a few examples. Like in Egypt, they put a curse on anybody that would disturb one of the tombs with the mummies in it. You know, Um, in the Bible, you have the 10 plagues of Egypt. In the Middle East, they have what's called the evil eye. Okay, yes. In Germany, they call it hexing. Okay. So almost every culture has some form of curse. Curse. Okay. But what about the family curse? Ooh. Right? Are you asking me? No. I'm like, ooh. (laughs) You don't want to hear about mine. That is a whole new... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a whole new topic. It is. Right? So I thought, well, that's exactly what we're talking about here in this movie. It is. is a family curse, right? So a family curse is the belief that individuals inherit the sins of their ancestors. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that instead of a person being seen as an individual, the family trumps that and is seen as a single living unit. Oh, interesting. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in literature, we can see a lot of family curses, yeah. right? So like in Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when Mercutio is laying about to die, he says, I put a plague on both your houses. Right. 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 Uh, the House of Seven Gables is about a family curse. And yeah. we've already talked about Nathaniel Hawthorne and that he actually believed his family right. was cursed. Um, and let's not forget the family curse in Hounds of the Baskerville which, of course, was written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> we can't go. You know, and it's funny because I know, I think people were like, you just do that. No, like, we you just don't. do that. I look up fam- or like family curses in pop culture and he, 
I mean, he's right he there. was the first thing that came up. He haunts us. You he are does. my curse. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what about real life family curses? Okay. Okay. So in my research, there were three families that kept coming up. Okay. So obviously one was the Lee family curse, which we've already talked about in a Patreon episode. Yeah. So we're speaking of Bruce and Brandon Lee. Yeah. Then, then came up, which I had never heard of, the Sedgwick family. Okay. Okay. So writer John Sedgwick, who is related, has written a book entitled My Blood, In My Blood, Six Generations of Madness and Desire in an American Family detailing a family history riddled with horrors. We don't have time to go into all of it, but definitely um, look into it. The Sedgwick history dates back to the 17th century, okay. 100 years before the birth of America. Well, but, but the first of the clan to make a splash kind of met and married at the same time the United States was founded. Okay. So they've been around for a long time. Um, the book reports that the family history, including... Edie Sedgwick. I was going to ask, mm-hmm. yeah. Living off of trust fund money, uh, became a superstar under the tutelage of Andy Warhol mm-hmm. and ended up dying of a drug overdose in 1971 at the age of 28. What I didn't know was Kira Sedgwick, who is, you know, an actress yeah. and partner of Kevin Bacon. Oh, my God. Is also a member of this infamous family. I love when Kevin Bacon makes his way into these episodes. I know, right? We need more Kevin Bacon. More Kevin Bacon. But the history of this family is like... Like wild. Generations upon generations of misfortune. Okay. So definitely check that out. But the number one family curse that kept coming up was a biggie, and it is none other than your favorite. The Kennedy family. The Kennedy Mm -hmm. family curse. (laughs) I I had a book on that when I was younger, yeah. You're absolutely correct. Um, So in 1969, 37-year-old Ted Kennedy Mm -hmm. is involved in an auto accident when his car that he was driving crashes into the water off of Chappaquiddick Island. Okay. Okay. Killing 28-year-old Mary Jo Kopechny. So Mary Jo Kopechny was actually trapped inside and she drowns. That's terrifying. Unfortunately, like he left the scene of the accident and he didn't report it until the next day. Uh, and so it basically got him into a lot of hot water and pretty much ruined his political career as far as like trying to be a president. As it should. No. Uh, yeah. What the fuck? But later when he came out to explain, you know, why he did what he did in a televised speech, it would actually be the first time that the curse would be mentioned. And he stated that he was wondering if the family was indeed cursed. Oh, shit. So... Like, it came out. Yeah. So, apparently, the rumor was that Papa Joe mm-hmm. pissed someone off and a curse was placed on the males in the family. All right. So, Joe Jr., the oldest of the sons, okay. died in a plane crash during World War II. Okay. Okay. JFK was assassinated. Bobby Kennedy, also assassinated. Mm-hmm. Um, infant son of JFK died two days after his birth. David Kennedy, whoops, sorry, (laughs) David Kennedy, (laughs) I like that. David Kennedy, Mm -hmm. son of Bobby, um, overdosed. Michael Kennedy, also son of Bobby, died in a skiing accident. Um, We know John Jr. uh, died in a plane crash along with his wife and her sister. Um, And then even some of the women were affected. So Yeah. So uh, just it goes on and on and on. Right. right? Um, All the way up until in 2020, uh, Maeve Kennedy and her eight-year-old son uh, drowned out on the lake in a canoe. They had actually gone out in their canoe to retrieve a ball that they lost. And, um, yeah, they were swept. It was a freak accident. Yeah. And that was 2020. Um, Ethel's parents died in a plane crash. Uh, Ted Kennedy was in a plane crash. I mean, it just goes on and on. So this family, it seems, is, you know. Something's going on there. Has had some really bad shit happen who to didn't, them. Who didn't carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain? <laughs> Which one of you was it? <laughs> yeah, what happened there? Yeah. But that is the family said to have been the cursed. The biggest family curse. That is interesting. The biggest family curse. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I had, yeah, I had a book on it when I was younger. I don't really remember it, but I 
had always mm-hmm. heard that the family was supposedly cursed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. There were actually two incidents. One was Congressman Patrick Kennedy, who crashes his car, drugs and booze in the system, and he gets one year probation and a $350 fine. And I'm thinking, I don't know, was that part of the curse? It seems like you got pretty lucky seems there, like dude. <laughs> Some money will get you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that is my introduction into the family curse. That's very interesting. Yeah. I did not expect that coming from Holes. Right? Very cool. I know. I was like, you have been studying the Kennedy family. Like, you've been fascinated since you were also a young kid, probably about the same age. I'm weird as hell. Just (laughs) go ahead and say it. It's fine. I think it's fascinating that you are intrigued by these things. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I have on family curses. Very cool. I don't really have any fun facts today, but I did want to mention that, you know, the movie does address uh, white privilege and racial issues. And there is a little bit of concern on the stereotype of Madame Zeroni and the fortune teller and, you know, um, all of that kind of stuff. So those are just things to be aware of. Um, But it is a really cute story. It is. Yeah, it is a cute story. Yeah. Um, And with that, that is Holes and Family Curses. Very cool. I like that. (laughs) I mean, that is the whole plot of the movie is the Family Curse. So I like that that's where it took you. I think that that's very interesting. I know. Interesting. Because I I have to say, and I I even told Jake, I said, I love when I sit down to do research. And it's just like you kind of, you said with Edward Scissorhand, it's like, it's just a fun, you know, cutesy movie. movie. And like, what is my lesson going to be? And then you start falling down all of these rabbit holes and it's like okay all right right this this will tie in I'm there. seems a little deep but yeah no i liked it though mm-hmm. i think that's a cool introduction to curses because yeah. i feel like those are going to come up more and more and oh, like sure. the family curse those are that's terrifying it is right yeah it really is yeah yeah, yeah. all right well way to go lore thanks I liked yours too. Why, thank you. I think we nailed it. For two people that are hanging by a thread, I think we just (laughs) fucking nailed that. To be. (laughs) Don't exclude Jake in this. For three people. You know what? Let's count the dog. Four. He's had an upset tummy all week. He has. (laughs) Poor poor thing. We're a hot mess. I think we nailed it. Way to go. All right. All right. With that, it's time for Killer Quotes of the Week. All right. Okay, so mine is kind of sad. Oh, no. But at one point in Edward Scissorhands, Kim asks Edward to hug her, and he says, I can't. Oh. It's heartbreaking, but that's my killer quote of the week. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. <laughs> Mine's a little funny. What is it? Mine is, I am surrounded by cow turds. <laughs> the <Yeah>. warden. <laughs> yeah. Accurate. No. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that's my killer quote. I think, <laughs> yes. There are a lot of good, like, one-liners in that there movie. There really is. There really are. Oh, my gosh. Dr. Pendanski with the um, zinc, like the... Oh, my gosh, I know. <laughs> the zinc oxide on his nose the whole time. Hilarious. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. All right. Well, go check out these movies. Go check them out, and we will catch you on the flippity flop. Hell, yeah. All right. All right, guys. TTFN. Cut, print, check the gate. Moving on.